When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. Well, hello there, boys and girls. It is the Cover Band Central Wisdom Hour, number 82 for January 28th, 2020. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Tony B. coming to you from New Jersey. Yep, What's yep. happening? What I tried to share this a couple minutes ago to just share on the Facebook page that we're doing this live to see if we get any more uh, engagement here because people don't listen live. But an audience, dude, an audience of 151,000 people here, you would think that somebody, you know, some a few people would be like, oh, okay, let's, let's check this out. But it doesn't, yeah. the post, for some reason, when I share it, which is on the page now from Spreaker, it just doesn't get any engagement. Or maybe you just don't know about it because, like, Paul from Australia said how much he enjoyed it. No, because they're listening, they're listening after because I can see the the the, the uh, uh, statistics after we're done, uh, and uh, so I, I'm trying to get people to listen while we're live, so they can interact with us. All right, so live. maybe if they knew we were giving away all the money, they would listen in. Yeah, you would think, right? But okay. you know, don't tell anybody. Okay, um, but it's just a Facebook thing. It's a Facebook. It's sharing reach thing that it just doesn't reach people and it's really annoying. 
and it, it's like that with a lot of things with Facebook. It's just. So how do you improve the reach? What is the next I, I, I don't step know. to improve the reach? I might, well, I think that probably the best thing to do would be to do what I had planned a long time ago and kind of started and didn't, it is after the episode's over, go listen, do the, uh, you know, the, uh, the a summary of it, add in relevant links, pictures, videos, things that we talked about, and... Um, and post that as an article like that right. has gotten engagement and w- for some reason it says the whiz whiz to foam hour <laughs> the whiz to foam hour man whiz to foam I put an F in there that didn't belong so maybe that's the why full wisdomry the foam <laughs> it's the whiz the whiz to foam hour alright whatever <laughs> like, fun. nobody's fun uh, you know what if I get somebody saying hey man it says with Defoe. <laughs> I'll be happy. I'll be happy if anybody says anything. What's with the with Defoe? Well, what's the with Defoe? What does that mean? It's like, it's like a xylophone, but you play with wind. We might have to change the name now to the with Defoe. With Defoe hour. With Defoe hour. People are like, what, the, what is with Defoe? We're going to go check that out. Like the with Defoe. It's like, I just put an F in there. Where it's like, F where's the phone? With Defoe. Where's Defoe? All right, Where are you from? Where's the farm? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week on the Wisdom Farm Hour. I said this at the last, at the end of the last episode, but I want to say it now for people who don't listen all the way through: is if you do listen to this and, um, you know, you like something about it or whatever, just drop me a line or drop us a line and uh, and let us know because we get very little feedback from this, and it'd be nice to know where you're at and what you like about this and, and uh, what your story is. And you can just send it to Steve at CoverBandCentral.com and, uh, and I'll get it. And then I'll, I'll read it the next next week. So, you know, so we got to think back to the early, early, early episodes where I think we had more engagement live. Remember? Because we had like Clanky Lincolns and we had uh, Handsome Young Ladies and there was all kinds of people like, you know, checking in. Yeah. I, I've, you know? Yeah, I I I guess I marketed it differently back then. I might have, I might have, t- I probably talked about it more in on Facebook than I do now. I probably I probably hyped it up a lot more there and and talked about it on live feeds and stuff. So maybe that's the the ticket is just getting back in and talking about it more. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, speaking of what would you say, Clanky Lincolns and Handsome Young. Those, ladies. Yeah, those guys are both doing really good still. Um, there's a, I, I, uh, I don't think we had him on. We should really have this guy on. Uh, his name's Mike Mike Schulte. I did an interview with him for the Facebook page uh, when I was doing the VIP group, and he's a drummer and he's from Iowa and he plays in a band called the Pork Tornadoes. And they're really good. <laughs> That's a great name. Yeah, they're really good. They they they've done a f- couple concept cover videos. That one specifically that stands out is um, uh, uh, the the uh, Phil Collins song um, in the air tonight. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I think I even played it on this show once. But um, they they do really well. And he's somebody that contacted me that's a while ago but just because of something cover band central related and so 
I did video this weekend at, when we were playing, and we were talking about this a couple weeks ago about me filming, um, filming part of the show or filming the show of this band. And there's just like, and I was talking about maybe putting it like tape in the tripod pod to the wall and stuff. And I looked around. I went, yeah, yeah. yeah I went in that next night that we we're playing. I looked around that club, and there's just, it's just not doable, man. It's I, I don't the wall to to my left stage left is brick and I don't trust I just don't trust that if I tape a, a tripod up to that wall that it's going to stay there um I mean maybe because it's brick it would be more adhesive I don't, I don't know but um it just it, I mean the location isn't isn't really good either but I was like screw it I'm just bringing my camera in anyway and I'll like I'll get people to, to hold it or I'll hold it or, you know, band members that if they're not on stage, they can film and whatever. Right. So it turned out that uh, um, the, uh, my friend Greg Hampton, a drummer who's played all around Bourbon Street for forever. He's not playing now, but he stopped in and he got up and jammed a couple songs with us and then grabbed the camera and filmed some stuff. And the other singer, Sonny, filmed some stuff, and I filmed some stuff, and Brent filmed some stuff, and uh, Sonny's girl that was with him filmed some stuff. So we got some good footage. So um, I posted one of the songs on Facebook on Saturday. I think it was Saturday. Um, yeah. And this guy, Mike Schulte from the Pork Tornadoes, uh, sent me a message he's like holy cow man you play with brent arsement i know him too i he used to play with me in iowa and i'm like what uh huh, like wow. and he's like small world so i went in and i uh um told uh brent about that and he had n nothing but good things to say about mike and his band and he he actually spent a few years there and and uh played in a couple albums and and uh uh yeah so that was pretty cool just a small world type of yeah thing it sure is man that's cool. you know just goes to show you like you, you never who you're gonna run back into again you know right. and when all right so this didn't work chunk is here but nobody else is nobody else is joining us so that didn't work welcome chunk at least chunk is here chunk will be here thursday he's coming here for this weekend he already gave me oh, kind of right. yeah, a, yeah. a loose uh, uh, itinerary that he's going to follow, but he's going to make a concerted effort to come and and hang with me at, at the club. And, and uh, I already spoke to my guitar player and told him uh, that my friend Chunk is coming to town. I would love to get up and jam with him. My guitar player was absolutely sure, no problem. And Chunk... Yeah, that's because Chunk plays drums. <laughs> yeah. Why we took guitar player here? <laughs> Chunk plays guitar. Uh, and... Um, it's by the way chonk it is a prs that you will be playing he has uh my guitarist kevin newton has two prs's uh, that he brings with him to the gig so it's guaranteed to be a prs because they're both prs which is is like one of the nicest guitars i'm not a guitar player but it is just such a finely crafted beautiful instrument and plays um from what i understand plays well Plays beautifully. Very nice. So I'll be sure to get some video and pictures of of that uh, of that this weekend of Chunk being here. Uh, 
Um, so uh, he said, I know it. And he fixed this thing. Good. Okay. So, uh, yeah, a lot of other stuff going on. But I, I'm, I'm happy that I did the filming. I'm happy that I got it. The, the camera I'm using is really good. It's, it's, um, it's what I used earlier or, or last year when, when uh, we were finishing up at the swamp and I was filming every night. Same camera, but I was able there to set it up on a tripod here at Crazy Corner. I'm not, but but right. it's a great camera. It's still like even if you're right up close to the amp, the audio still doesn't overdrive. So it's like an HD video and everything, and it's uh, it's good to have, man. Just just for the memories, if not, you know, anything else. Hey, what kind of ceiling is above the stage where you're playing? Um, like what's is it a regular drop ceiling? You know, with a ceiling grid and the tiles in it? No. No, it's open above, or it's a hard ceiling. I, it's a hard ceiling. Yeah, gotcha. I guess it's like wood. Yeah, or drywall, or plaster, or whatever. Why do you ask? No, because that's another option. If it's a drop ceiling with tiles in it, you can prop a tile up, and you can get a clamp and clip it on the grid, and have like a over your shoulder from above kind of ca camera angle. Yeah, you know, or something up high because you can clip it. It's easy to clip your phone or anything onto something, you know, a beam, uh, something sticking out. Like we used to play Mohawk House. They used to clip my camera on. There was a window behind us, and then top of the window still was the lock for the window. Mm -hmm. I could get a clip right on it, and then put it right up there and have a like drum cam right with the camera, you know, with your phone. Right, right. Yeah, that's not an option. One thing I was just thinking, though, it, the, the, one of the other problems or challenges in that room is that there's poles going through basically the center of the dance floor from from the stage to the back of the club there's you know support beams whatever right poles. um and Call. yeah and they just they're in the way if if you're back with the camera anywhere they're going those are going to obscure part of the stage and part of the people on the stage so ideally, mm -hmm. the best place is in front of the first pole, but that is only like five feet away from the stage. So I don't know, but I haven't tried. But I'm thinking that's might be the only option is is put that camera there on the tripod, tape it there, and if I can zoom out far enough where it's if you're you're where you're getting the whole stage, then that'll work. I was concerned about the audio because. The PA speakers are right there, you know. There's, uh, and I was concerned that it would mega overdrive the audio. But now that I listen back from we, what we did last week, um, uh, that that's not a necessarily a concern. So, it's just about getting that right angle where you can capture everything on stage. Um, mm -hmm. And Trump uh, uh, just said about using a magnetic tripod. See, I but I don't. I'm not. I could try, but but he's, yeah. That might not. That might work. I. I would just be still concerned about that thing falling. <laughs> Timber. And it's not like it, it would just. What he's showing me this picture of this magnetic tripod and it's small. It's and it's got three legs basically and and a single. Uh, why are you laughing? Because what you were just saying about, I really hate to have that thing fall on somebody. Right. I was thinking back to when we used to rehearse at uh, 
Greg's house, and it, the neighbor's neighbor across the street was this guy, Jim Huff. He's a really nice dude, but he was like a super fan of the band, of Eye of the Storm, you know? He used to come see us all the time, follow us, and he was a big supporter. So we would have rehearsal, and we'd have a full-blown PA in the, in the basement. So you walk in the side door, and if you made a right, you went up to the kitchen. If you made, and it was another door, or if you made a left, you were in the downstairs like basement area. So we're jamming down there, and we had subwoofer and 15-inch mains on top of the subs, right? And everything was like configured in this way where it was really tight, and I had the mega kit in the middle of the room, so everything was like around the perimeter. So this dude Jim Huff came rolling over one night. We were all jamming, and he came in. And he's like, "Man, he's like, I was heard you guys jamming outside." So we're like, "Yeah, come on in, man. It's there for me." He's like, "I can only stay for a couple minutes. I got to get back home, right?" And he sat down, and we started jamming, and he was all into it. And he sat on like the one side of the speaker, and I guess like there was a little bit uneven. So while we were jamming, the entire stack all of a sudden, oh, no. like it shifted, and the 15 inch speaker fell off of the top of the sub and crashed down on top of him and, like, crushed him into the ground. Oh, and I laughed because he was like, it was like, you know, and, and, the, and the speaker wire came out. So when it crashed on him, it was like, you know, and it, 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 everything <laughs> ceased. And we were like, took the speaker up off and working. When you're craving church's three-piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. When you're craving Church's three-piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. You okay, man? He's like, yeah, man, good jam. I gotta go. He was like limping, like he's like limping, limping away, all banged up. But I just I was laughing because he was like, "I gotta go." <laughs> Somebody call nine one one. Oh boy, good times. Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, this thing, like this thing, is small. So it's like if it fell, my concern yeah, it would still get broken. Yeah, yeah, that would be my concern. It would break the camera. I don't care about it falling on somebody's head. Screw them. <laughs> it's only it's very light. The camera itself, it's like yeah. it can't be more than a pound. Um, and you know, I mean, if this, I'll try it. I'll I'll get one of these tripods and see if it works. Because that would kind of solve that issue about the pole being in the way. Because I could do it to the side of the pole, but yes. still, that other pole would be in the way. I don't know, man. It's a tough room to 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 just kind of manage that. But I'm I mean we could hire somebody to come in to and not have to pay him a lot and just here here take this camera and start filming. Uh, but I would well, like how was the footage you got from all these different people? It was good. It was good. Yeah, some angle, right? Yeah, some people don't know how to film, which it, like uh, I don't know. I'm not going to name any names. But some people just like they grab the camera and then they move it around really quickly and move it here and move it here. like that's not how you film something. You got to like as if you're watching it on on TV or on your computer, like sl- yeah. like watch in person, like look the looking. screen at, and see, like, yeah, film it the way you would want to see it if you're a, a spectator on the the video thing. Um, so, but some some people did do well with that. So, uh, so there's some good stuff in there, and uh, as long as I bring as long as I bring it with me every night, I think there'll be an opportunity to even get like B roll, just like. 
uh, in between sets talking to people or, or, or just filming the crowd. The crowd this weekend, dude, was insane. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, all right, Chunk told me to wait before I buy anything. He'll bring his rig down to try it out. Okay, cool. Um, th- yeah, uh, kids, this time of year they have the, uh, the colleges have their, uh, I don't know what you call them. You might know. Uh, where, the, where they go someplace and they have a, like a formal, I think it's called maybe. They're all dressed kind of nice and, and they okay. uh, and uh, they come to New Orleans at, at pretty much every year this time of year. And it lasts for a few weeks. And it's always, uh, uh, you know, people from nearby states like Alabama or Georgia um, and Mississippi. And uh, there were a bunch of them this weekend. I mean, Friday night, wall-to-wall, jam-packed people, um, mostly kids, great. You know, early early 20s kids. Uh, it's great. It, it, it comes with more challenges. <laughs> But it is great. I like playing to a packed room where you're, just, I mean, just a roar from people in between songs. They're singing along to everything. And they were, despite their age, they were still, anything we played was resonating with them. So, you know, we played Bomb Joey, we played Journey, it's working. We played Rolling Stones, it's working. Um, and we, we picked up, we had the rehearsal last week, which I, I haven't talked about yet, but I will. Yeah. And we picked up a few new songs that are more contemporary tunes. And and we have that in our arsenal now, and that really made a difference. It just adding three new songs made a tremendous difference because it really kind of beefs up the, the what's what, what already existed, what we already did. It kind of just uh, yeah, and uh, good times, man. Get the girls just like they look. I, I'm getting older, or they're getting I don't know. Younger, <laughs> or both, or both. <laughs> but but the girls dressed up to the nines, man, and you know college age girls and coming in and they're all party like woo everything, they're just partying like crazy, getting on stage, rubbing against me, and like I you know I don't want to sound like a weirdo, but I like that. <laughs> I, do, <laughs> I do like it. I'm sorry that I like it, but I'm not sorry. If a girl wants to get up on stage and rub her ass on my ass, I'm okay with that. That's that's a, a perk of the job. And so take note, all of you girls out there, Steve does enjoy that. They do. They're rubbing all up on me. And uh, but the 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 challenges that come with this too is when you have a jam packed room and you're 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 done you're on break or whatever you just can't walk through it's it's difficult to walk through the crowd to get to the bathroom and right because it's so packed yeah or get to the bar or whatever but we we have our little tricks of of ways of doing that Um, but it's also difficult to get out there with the tip jar too and that's something we do once a set and for tracy to walk around that room where it's just i mean sardines people you have to just and they're kids, so not a lot of them have a lot of money, and they weren't tipping all that much. So our tips were were not good this weekend. Um, so it's like that's the trade off. What would you rather have? A packed room of people that are really responding to what you're doing, and low tips, or uh, you know fewer people and better tips. Um, so I kind of like the packed room <laughs> myself. It just makes it more fun when people are there and just digging what you're doing, whatever you're doing, 
they're just responding to everything and they were just pressed up all against the stage everything and, and it's it, it's pretending to be a rock star still you know oh yeah for and sure it's, and it's it's fun i like to pretend to be a rock star <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're succeeding at it yeah i like it it's it's what i did when i was young and I, i'm still kind of doing it but kind of for real because i play the instrument and and uh so we're we're as far as I know, we're we're looking to expect a few more weeks, at least a couple more weeks of that kind of thing, where the a lot of the college college kids in town for their formals and and um, and it, we should have busy weeks. And then you know Mardi Gras season is really kind of starting next week. Mardi Gras the end of February, so so it's going to be busy, busy, crazy February. Oh yeah, um, but rehearsal. Oh yeah, how was your rehearsal? It was great. It was it was I really enjoy like I dread the thought of it, but then when I get to it, I feel like oh this is great. This is and it was at uh this duh. <laughs> I just feel like oh, I don't want to go rehearse. Well, but uh I prepared well for it and went into and it it was at this like our drummer's dad's thrift store upstairs where they have this spare room and they have uh gear set up and a PA set up and, 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 you know, kind of, uh, rehearsal room gear. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, uh, but it was free, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and you know, it's just the right amount of space in the room for everybody. Um, and we went over the new songs and we went over some vocal parts and it was the coolest thing about it to me is the and he had a kid up there too drum set yeah he had a kid his dad his dad owns the building and his dad plays drums too and his dad rehearses in that room so that's why it's kind of set up there um but the best thing about it, it, it to me is is the hanging out with the band outside of work you know where you get to just kind of yeah kind of let loose and and you know and just and laugh and 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 be normal people together rather than working uh even though we did work there you know it was still like a rehearsal vibe where there's no pressure so i i kind of miss doing that i don't get to do that a lot so i, I we were a couple of us were, were, were just talking about we should do this on some sort of regular basis so maybe like every other week or once a month but um but yeah, I like it. So I highly recommend it for you kids out there. Rehearse with your band as much as possible. Especially if you're young. It, it really does make a difference learning and, how to rehearse. Like, yeah, and plan your rehearsal and map it out, you know, and have an agenda so you have something to at least, you know, an outline of what you want to accomplish before you get there. Which we didn't. And you talked about, we talked about that before this rehearsal. We we, we had an outline of, of songs that we wanted to go over. We, we knew that there were three songs that we wanted to, to go over so we had that at least and then I had a couple things that I wanted to bring in and then Brent the drummer had a couple things he wanted to bring in so it wasn't mapped out so much as it was loosely planned so good enough we accomplished what we wanted to accomplish so that works for me hey, as long as like you said you achieved what you set out to, you know to achieve then it was successful that's good um, and in other news, our s other singer, our male singer, is leaving the band. 
<laughs> which we just found out the other day. Really? Yeah, he, um, the band that I played with a couple weeks ago, Rockbox. Yep. Uh, the singer is, uh, Eric Knight is his name. He's leaving and moving to California to be with his family. His mother is, uh, in need, in need of somebody to be around to care for her. And he's, uh, leaving. And he's, he's done this before. A couple of times where he's left, he's like, like left, and he's like, "I'm not coming back," and then he ends up coming back and getting his job back um, right. because he's that good. He's, you know, he's he's one of the best there is at at being a front man and running a show and uh, just a killer voice and everything. But um, so he's leaving, and uh, the job was offered to uh, Sonny, who's the male singer in my band, and I kind of knew about it was was going to con probably going to happen I, last week I knew about it and uh, so I wasn't surprised I, um, I don't blame them for asking him to take the job and I don't blame him for taking it I, I think it's it's the right thing for both parties um, and uh, Tracy my singer uh, and band leader took the news well and uh, he's he's still going to be with us, uh, with us for a couple weeks but we uh, she's searching for a replacement now. So anybody out there in Fairbairn Central podcast, Wisdom Hour Land, is a singer, a male singer with a tenor voice, and wants to come to New Orleans, you have a job. As long as you're good. <laughs> Define good. That's it. Um, well, good. Great. Well, you're people, the best on the street, and you come mm, on down. You don't have to be. Just be good. Singing key, sing the right words, uh, and be comfortable on stage being a front person. And uh, so the job is is open now, but she's looking for she's reached out for to a couple of people. But worse comes to worse, everybody else in the band sings, so we might have to just pick up the slack and pick up a few more songs. Uh, but it is good to have kind of two front front people. Um, it definitely helps. You don't have to sing everything, you know. Yeah, and then when you she the duties, you know, of like you said, all the tip jar and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah, when she goes, well, she's the one that does tip jar because she does it very well. And uh, so, but having, when she goes out, having another front person on stage is helpful. Mm-hmm. Especially with these crowds because she's at, usually you like with a lighter crowd, you go out there for basically one song. You can really kind of lap the room in one song. Um, but with that crowd, there's no way. You know, it was two or three songs before she got back. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so change is always happening, but I roll with it. We all just roll with it. And yes, change is constant. Yes, <laughs> that is true. It's, it sounds like an oxymoron, <laughs> but that's true. Uh, so, all right. I'm sorry. I got a little distracted here. Um, so rehearsal, and that's your updates. Chunk's coming to town. Chunk's coming to town. Uh, what else were you going to tell us about rehearsal? About new songs? Um, yeah, that's it. About rehearsal. There was a taco place next door. It was really good. Or Mexican yeah, place. Yeah, there you go. Mexican place with really good tacos, I should say. And that's important to eat well when you're jamming. Yes. Um well, like you were saying, the camaraderie outside a band, you know, that's super important. It really is. You know, I can remember when, when we used to play with Eye of the Storm, we used to rehearse 
three nights a week and then play out two or three nights a week, you know? And on nights we would rehearse, let's say we rehearsed usually Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, and then we played Friday, Saturday, or sometimes play rehearse Tuesday, Wednesday, play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever it might be. But we would always go out after rehearsal, you know? We'd rehearse from like 7 to 11 and then go out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then play out Friday and Saturday night. And that was fun time, you know what I mean? Because we had a lot of fun out. Like, you know, we were jamming, we were writing all original music, right? So we were rehearsing, we were also writing, and then we were jamming, and we were having a great time, and then we would go out, you know, and then go to work, and then come back and do it again every every night. Yeah, that's good. And fun. You know? Fun is not just for the young. You could still have no, fun. No, that's true. You, if you're, but that was also you know, running free as young kids, you know. No commitments, no you know, no bills. Live at home, you know. But great time. Yeah, yeah. I kind of miss those days, man. <laughs> yeah, seems like it was yesterday. Only, <laughs> only thirty-five years ago. I'm I'm still hanging on. I'm still clinging to my youth, having a a job playing bass. I'm still not a grown up. <laughs> oh yeah, no, me neither. What's your job? You're I only have to do a lot of things to make money, but outside of that, I could. I'm still dope. Yeah. But at least you have a, an adult job. I have a. <laughs> I have a kid job. job. You're a music, it's fun I'm a though. You have a fun job. Yeah, it is. I even a job, dude. It's, no. And I joke. I kid. I kid, because there are many professional musicians who are uh, well respected. Professional. Oh, hey, dude, speaking of that, so what do you think about the whole Grammy thing with um, Joey Kramer, air, drummer for Aerosmith? I don't you know. The, I don't know. The story? I, I, yeah, I didn't. I saw the headlines for it. I didn't really dig into the reasons behind it. I just saw that he was not going to be playing with them at the Grammys and he sued them or something, uh, which just seems ridiculous to me. But um, you know what? He's the one that won. Did you see it? Did you see the Grammys? I saw part of it and I I couldn't watch it. Did you see the Aerosmith part? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it was rough, man. It was rough. It was, dude. It was. I I was doing something and Karen said, "Oh, Aerosmith's on." And then I went up and I watched probably like a minute of it and I said, "I can't watch it anymore. This is horrible." Yeah, I, I in the beginning they were doing "Living on the Edge" and, and it just seemed, it seemed like the mix was terrible or whoever the engineer was was just. I, I don't know. It just—it didn't sound good. No, <laughs> it, just, it sounded really bad. And I see, and and Steven Tyler sounded a little flat and hoarse, and um, you know, he wasn't quite there. And the band—it all sounded like mud. Like you said, the mix was just, yeah. you know, everything. When when it got to walk this way, it was a little better. So because they they had Run DMC come out and and they did walk this way, and the sound kind of got better at that at that point, but. But it still was like, uh, all right, guys, come on, man. It's like, yeah, <sighs> how the mighty. Like said, I think it's karma, man. He got the last laugh. Is right. Yeah, so he won. Joey Kramer won. Yeah, he sure did. But dr- I was looking at that. I was looking at the drummer. Like, who's that? Who is this drummer? Who's this drummer? And he kind of looks like Joey Kramer a little bit, but younger. And but you know, he did a fine job. With I believe that's Joey Kramer's drum tech. Is it really? Yeah, because he knows all the tunes and he know you know he knows you know he knows everything about it. That's the way you get that kind of gig. You be be right close to it. Right, but I don't think he was asked. I think he was told. 
you know. So, yeah, when you you when you're Aerosmith, it's a whole business. Thing. Yeah, but dude, it's you know, karma is is a bitch, right? Like they say, it's just karma knows no business, well, or but you know, it is what it is. It's the, it's the universal laws of. You know what happens. So, do you know more about this? Do you know why they didn't have him play? Well, my understanding was that he he injured, or he was injured. He injured something. He fell and he hurt like his shoulder or his arm. And he got surgery on something, and to, had to take a little hiatus. This is his version of the story, from what I understand, and I don't know a hundred percent of it, but this is what I can summarize from what pieces of what I've you know pieced together from information that I've been told. So he, he was like Miss MIA or wasn't rehearsing with the band or was like out of commission for a little while and then came back and was like, okay, you know, what are we doing about Grammys and all this other stuff? And they were like, oh, dude, like you have to like, you know, we don't, you haven't been around like, you know, and we don't know if you can play. And they were trying to say that he couldn't play and they wanted him to like record himself to prove that he could play his parts, like that he was fully healed and that he was, he was able to, you know, to, to play with the band. And I don't know, it was all these like, that, that was the gist of it, you know, and he that's why he was suing them, saying, like, you you can't just arbitrarily say, like, I, I, you're replacing me in the band because I had to get surgery done. And like I, you know, and I, I didn't rehearse with you guys because from what I understand, they do a residency in Vegas. So, right, so, you know, right, right. So they, you know, so they've been playing. It's not like they've all been MIA for two or three years. You know, they've been gigging. So I don't know if this is over like a six month period of time where he had to get the procedure done or something, and they weren't sure if he could play, or they said he wasn't his playing wasn't up to par, so they had the the, the drum tech do it, or they wanted him to re audition for his job, and he was like, "F you, man." So that's I he mean, said he was insulted and disappointed that his band would make him re audition for his position. Yeah, sure. And then he said he was so sick of it. He just said, "Here's I'm jamming along to the song here. Now you're satisfied. Let's just cont- let's just move on." And they told him back, like, "We don't, we don't feel like you're playing up to par yet. So keep practicing and, and get back to us." Wow. So who knows what truth is in that? Like I said, from what I pieced together. But I I wouldn't be surprised if he's just out out now. Like he's just done. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, because how do you like hang with your brothers after you sued them? Yeah, you you really can't, dude. But you know, shit happens like that, and it's uh, it's a sad thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, just got, those guys have been together for so freaking long, and they're one of the few bands that still have the original members, even though they like Joe Perry was out for a little while, right? And they, I mean, but that was a long time ago. But they still have that the original members from the beginning. Yes, it was the original lineup, correct? And they've they they're one of the very few bands that have that. I if. I can't think of any other band that has that anymore. Not like it just so, seems like more than that, though. Like the rift, you know, between them. Because like, why, you know, who cares, dude? They're like, you know, they're let, let the guy play. Yeah, I, I mean, and the way they sounded, they had no right to to criticize yeah, him. Exactly. Like, see, he got the last laugh for sure. He was like, ha ha. There you go. Yeah, and I love them all. I mean, love. Joe Perry and Steve. I mean, I've never been a huge Joe Perry fan. I th- I think he's good for that band, um, but I don't know. I, I, he's good for that band. You know, he does a good job in the studio. I think he's a little sloppy of a, of a guitarist, but but Steven Tyler is just you know Steven Tyler. Uh, but he's still yeah. But he's he's old dude. He's in his seventies. Right. He's like, and 
the fact that he's been able to sing the way he's been able to sing up until really recently for as long as he's been able to, yeah. it is tremendous. Up until before the Grammys. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. Maybe he was having a bad night, or he couldn't hear himself well in the in, the, in his in ears, or you know, because the audio the, the audio was definitely not good. No, I so I saw him grabbing his ear and stuff like that, but you don't know if that's just theatrics, you know, because he is struggling, or if it's really real. Yeah, but I know it, when you mix audio for for TV shows, it's different than you have a different mix in the room than you do ha- than you have for the TV audience. So maybe they got their wires crossed or something. Dude, I remember talking with Tony Levin. We did this festival, and he was playing, and we were backstage and get to hang out with him for a little bit, you know, and he was a really nice guy. And he was saying, we're, we're saying, like, like I was saying, what's, like, the most stressful situation you had on the road or what's, like, you know, some of your memories of the road? And he said he was doing, Peter Gabriel, he was doing, uh, I think I told you the story, they were doing, like, a live broadcast to millions of people, and, you know, he had his rig set up a certain way, and the guy was saying, no, no, we have to... We, like what you were just saying, we got it for television. It has to be this way. And he's like, you know, instructing them to like, take these two lines out and you'll have what you need. And they're like, no, we need to bypass this. And we need the raw signal and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden the guy's like, you know, like two minutes to like, you know, air one minute to air 30 seconds to air 10 seconds to air. And he says, and they can't figure it out. And he said, he played sledgehammer with no sound. Really? Yeah. And just went through the motions and jumped around and played the moves and played it. But it was there was no sound coming out of anywhere. Wait. So he was he was supposed to be miming or he was supposed to be singing. Performing no, he live. was supposed to be playing. And the, and the sound guys couldn't get the sound figured out in time because they took his rig apart and they didn't know how to put it back together again. And they couldn't get it to work the way that they wanted it to work. And whatever the thing was, they were all feverishly working on it. And he said that it wasn't until like halfway through the song that they got the sound to come back on again. Oh my! Just goes to show, man. No what, matter what level of success you're at, yeah, you're still gonna have to deal with shit happening. Oh yeah, we had the, the, the stupid. Um, we have two monitors that are flown that that are stage left, stage stage right. That's how we hear our, our ourselves, and okay. and they're good speakers. I don't know what they are, JBLs something. They're good though, and the 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 stage right monitor was out at the end of last week, or it or was out like Thursday, I think, and then it came in Friday, and and uh, the the uh, keyboard player from the band that plays before us, he he said their monitor was out last night, right? I said yeah, and he goes we fixed it, and it was just a cable had been unplugged somewhere by someone. And they they were trying to show me where the cables are. I was like, I don't touch that 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 area of cables. I never touch it. So that's not it definitely wasn't me. Um, but that it was a simple fix like that. Then Friday, Saturday, we got both monitors. Sunday, we come in, and we have three different sound men. We have one guy who does Thursday, one guy who does Friday and Saturday, and a different guy who does Sunday. And the guy who does Sunday, I don't really know well. The other two guys, I know well. The guy who does Sunday, I don't know him well, and he's 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 a putz to me. Like he's just, uh, he's he's this disheveled looking. He doesn't look like he knows what he's doing at all. And we're doing sound check Sunday, and I'm like, you know, I'm doing my mic, and I'm like, uh, can you get me in stage left monitor? He goes no, and I I can't hear, and he's got no talkback mic. I just see him in the in the the booth, and he's just slicing his 
doing a, a slice to his neck. Like, there's no stage left monitor on Sunday. So I was like, so I had to deal with all night. Why is there no stage left monitor? I don't monitor know. We don't Sunday? know. I don't know. And he just didn't. It has a, I know why, Steve, because it's a day off. It's Sunday. And he just didn't even put <laughs> expend any sort of effort to figure out why there was no stage left monitor. We just dealt with no stage left monitor for the whole night. And it's like, uh, like you have to deal with stuff like no matter what level you're at, you always have to deal with things like that. It just happens. Yeah. And it's frustrating, but it's I think it's how you deal with it that makes the difference in your, your longevity in in this business. Because that shit comes yeah, up. Yeah, it's the also time. these guys you know, like you said, it's it's it depends on the acts like you said you're talking about you know, when an artist is on tour, typically you have the same sound company that travels with you, you know, at least in the States or whatever. You know, they use a different sound reinforcement company right. in Europe, we'll say, than they do here, you know. But if you're doing a North American tour, chances are you have the same people, you know, right. run your sound for you. Same stage crew, same drivers, same trucks, you know, it all, all caravans together. So... Typically, when like you said, you go to see a show, there still might be difficulties here and there, and you have the challenges of what the the, the venue, you know, sound capabilities or challenges might be, you know. Right. And certain places just sound better than others, you know. I've seen shows at Prudential Center, and the seat I was sitting in, I remember recording Muse with my iPhone, and when I played it back through my stereo or headphones or my home theater, it was, it was like as if I was there. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like unbelievable sound. I could not believe the iPhone. But it's also the acoustics of the venue. It just sounded killer. It was crystal clear like a record, but ha- but gigantic like a, or an arena should be. Yeah, that's cool. You yeah. know, kick drum hitting you in the chest, and it was like, it was just, it was big. Yeah, even playing in the same room with the same band night after night, even with the same sound, man, one night to the next, it's gonna, there's going to be differences. It just oh, absolutely. The, who knows? It's that that uh, unidentifiable. But the thing you have in your favor is though it's the same room every night. You know what I mean? So yeah. th- that's one variable that doesn't change. Yeah, I know. Like when I do my sound check on my mic, I know how I want it to sound. I know how it's going to sound good for me for the rest of the night, and to get it dialed in. But to get it dialed in every night, it's. I, I'm not gonna say every night it's it's a chore, but but there are some nights it's a chore, and it depends who's doing sound. The guy who does sound on Thursday, I've been working with him for years, and he knows exactly how I like things to sound. And he's a bass player, so he makes my bass sound really good in the room. Um, the guy who does sound Friday and Saturday is a keyboard player, and he's also somebody I've been working with for years. And he he's generally very accommodating. If I say you know, turn this up, do this, but generally he's, he's pretty good with it, but he doesn't, he doesn't really optimize the bass sound in the room, that bottom end. He, cause he's a keyboard player. So he hears that frequency better, I guess. And then the guy on Sunday, I don't know what, what the hell he is, but he's a putz. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, every guy's different, you know, for sure. It just, it's, it's kind of, it just kind of sucks to have to. We play four nights a week with three different sound men, which is, just seems ridiculous to me. Like, it does. I I don't know why they wouldn't have the same guy. Like we used to play this club in Closter. I don't know if you ever played there, Jay Mallory's. It was a it was one of the so. bigger rooms. I think so. Yeah. And they had a house sound guy, and Mark was the sound man. You know, and it was the same guy, same system, same everything. 
you know, and we would go and it was like, it was killer. You know, the guy would have you dialed in and, and, you know, in five minutes you were done sound checking and sounded killer. You know, everything sounded big, drums, mic, everything. It was like, it was great. Ideally, that's what you want. And that's how it generally works in clubs that are like that. Like Bourbon Street's just a different animal. There's, there's so many music clubs and there's not, there's, there's three, three guys that do sound on the whole street for, for, you know, like 20 some odd clubs. So, like seriously like the, that's why like they don't stick around too they set us up and they're out and they might st- pop back in later to check in and see if everything's okay but, oh um, so you don't have a full time sound guy sitting no. there the whole time you're playing R- correct we just have somebody who just sets us up I set it and forget it and, and we have to if we need something done we can get them to come back but sometimes like sometimes like one of the sound guys will just he'll just go home and like then we're stuck and it's 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 just the thing about Berman Street which is is kind of shitty and for other reasons too um but it's a cash cow man it's a tourist destination and the owners the P, the powers that be for these clubs do do the bare minimum for for what they need to do as far as keeping things running like there was the, the at crazy corner outside there's a patio outside and where where the bathroom is and there's another bar there and there's tables and chairs and stuff and they have these lights that are hanging over kind of like a like a uh, they're they're just white round cheap lights but there's strings of them hanging to to illuminate the whole area and up until last weekend i'd say there's probably about you know all told maybe like 70 or 80 light bulbs of these and they're little ones they're little like you know what I'm talking about the round ones the outdoor lights the the, yeah little Edison bulbs yeah I would say out of the 70 or 81 uh, that were uh, hanging there 50 of them were were out they were they were they weren't working so I come in last week and one of the nights and there's a guy out there, one of the the door guys or, or bar back guys, got a ladder and he's replacing these bulbs and he's all like, he's having trouble with it. And then the the manager came down. And he's like, be careful because they break and then you cut yourself and whatever. Um, but it, the point is that these these bulbs were out forever. And finally, somebody and the 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 major the main guy who owns all this stuff, all all like like six or seven of these clubs. The, the big clubs here was out the main guy the guy the the top dog who and he was out and he was looking around he's walking around with somebody that works there and they had a clipboard and they're making notes and he's and so that's why they changed these bulbs but the, you know the, the top dog coming out on site is very infrequent it and and there's no not one iota of concern for the band how are things going with the sound for the band? Are the wires set up properly? Are the, is everything working? Nothing. Nothing comes from the top as far as concern for the band. And that's bullshit to me and, and to a lot of us. It's bullshit because it you see the difference, especially on a weekend. If there's just a DJ playing, there's some people in the room, blah, blah, blah. As soon as the band starts playing, the room gets packed. People come in. That's what's making these people money. Their only source of revenue is alcohol sales. That's it. 
Nobody, there's no admission price. They don't sell food. They don't sell merch, anything. They just sell booze. So they need bodies in that room. And, and it's, it's a crying fucking shame that the people up top don't care enough to, to come in and, and make sure the, 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 the house drum kit is optimized. It has all new drum heads. It's, you know, like, and the pedal or, or, or whatever is already there is working. The stage is clean. It's, it, you know, the, 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 uh, the snake is all set up properly and everything's labeled. And like, no, there's nobody that does that. Nobody. So let me ask you, so does every club have a house kit? No one brings their own drums? Uh, yeah, the club, yeah, the clubs I've worked at, yes. Yes, they have a house kit. But, the, like, Brent is, uh, my drummer now, is constantly having issues with the house kit. Like, things are breaking, or like, and he has to keep adjusting things, and it's it's just, it's a piece of shit. And there's, yeah. there's nobody that, there's nobody that you could even appeal to as far as we're concerned, like we can appeal to the manager of the club and he can maybe say something to the general manager who runs a bunch of these clubs, but he's even kind of low on the totem pole and, and they, they don't care enough because they're still making their money. The, the band still shows up. The band does the job that the band needs to do. The people come in, they spend their money, their cash and they're, they're counting their money at the end of the night. Okay, everything's fine as far as they're concerned. There's no cause for let's let's be more concerned. Let's put some more, and, and it, it sucks, man, because these people make a lot of money, a lot of money. You know, the the owners of these clubs. It's Bourbon Street. It's one of the most famous streets in the world. So, what was your question? <laughs> no, no, I said that the. If- Every place has a house kit. Like every place has what was a kick, and you know a rack and a floor and a bunch of stands. Yeah, a kick bring, and a rack or two racks you, and a floor, and um, you bring cymbals, a snare, and and that's it. And pedals, probably. Oh, and pedals, right? Yeah, pedals. Um, but then, and, and then there's like several bands that work in in a bunch of these clubs, including Crazy Corner. There's, including us. There's. Four different bands that work there, and two of them are day bands. And things go missing. Like I, I, I bring my own mic clips now. I bought a bag of mic clips from Amazon, and I, I, I carry mic clips with me because there'll be my and the mic stands are pathetic that are there. They're they're horrible. They're like duct taped together, and it's it's just ridiculous. Like it's not a professional outfit, man. It's. The, the way it's set up. It's just like, here's the bare minimum. All right, you guys figure it out. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so but then I, again, it's crazy corners. So, hey. <laughs> it's like that on the whole street, man. It's just, it's sad. And, and like Brent was mentioning the other day about like, we need a, we need a union, but I wouldn't know the first thing about how to do that or, or if it would really work or whatever. Right, to unionize everybody. I mean, I don't know enough about that kind of thing to to even know if it would be effective, but maybe, maybe it would. Have somebody that represents those musicians on that street because, yeah, I mean, 10 years almost I've been there now and I have been making the same money for the right. entire time. Um, 
and cost of living goes up, you know, they raise their drink prices. They've done it several times in the 10 years I've been there, but the band doesn't see any of it. And that's not, it's just not right. And that, that's, that's a big part of why I, I have cover band central. I want to stand up for us and it's, yeah. I'm living it, you know? Absolutely. Do you like, do you have in your business, in your industry, you have a union or do you know anything about it? Well, yeah, in construction, there's union and non-union, you know, and certain jobs are required, you know, if it's state work or if it's uh, grant work, you know, money comes from grants like for schools and things that all has to be prevailing wage or union. It's mandated to be. Right. But when you bid other, you know, work, um, you know, private developer and he's building, you know, development of housing or whatever, and it go, it's built non-union. Okay. Typically, you know, but on a big, big, big job, they do want to go union because you have a labor pool of, you know, thousands of men that you can pull from, you know, XYZ electrical company may not have 800 men, you know? So hypothetically, if everybody that works on Bourbon Street now as a musician joined a union that was created, yeah, there's got to be local down there that was created. Or, or or one that was or already exists or already exists and so, so how would you go about so the union, union huh forming that union you mean or or well how would you go about saying okay now all these musicians to the powers that be all these musicians are unionized now and these are this is these are our demands these well these are the rates correct but it would have to be all or none you know what I mean like everyone on the street would have to agree to do that. Say and the, the club would be forced to have to pay the wages. If not, like in the city, for example, in New York City, if you go play on Broadway or you go play in at the ballet or you're in the orchestra, you know, for any of these things, it's all, it's it's unionized. You know what I mean? So it's all a set different set rates for what you do, and the band leader gets an extra percentage of rate. And then there's this much, you know, the percentage has to be taken out to pay to the union for your dues. And, you know, they take this much for your taxes out. And it's like a set thing. And there's a minimum. You know, if you go and play for whatever it's like, the, for any call, it's like a three-hour minimum pay. Right. That's what I think that's the only way. I think that's what needs to be done. I, I don't think it's the only way, but it might be the way, the best way to really uh, change the game. Because if, just say again, hypothetically, that everybody joined the union, or most of the people joined the union, and we said, okay, these are our demands, we want this much per set, blah, 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 um, and the, the powers that be say, okay, no way, we're going to hire non-union, they got nobody, man, they got nobody that they can go to, because these guys are clueless as far as uh, uh, musical talent or knowing people that, that can effectively do this job. It, they have no resources to find people like that, nor do they, right? Nor would they even want to expend any sort of time um, doing that. But the risk is obviously that everybody would be out of work. Um, but correct. But that's always the whole thing with all these, you know, with the unions. If you watch any movies that are all about, you know, when they stood up to employers on, you know, industry and stuff, and and unionized, you know, there was all kinds of. Uh, you know, strife and people out of work and, you know, um, people crossing the picket line to go back to work, you know, and betraying their, their oath to not do that because they got, you know, families or whatever they got to yeah. do. And they, sorry, I got to, I got to, you know, but I need money, 
Yeah, that's the, that's the challenge because there's a lot of people on Bourbon Street that need the money that have families that are like, yeah, it's not. It's right, so not, you said you might not work for a month, but or more, but when you come back, it's going to be great. Right. Yeah, I don't know that everybody would be on board with that. I I know everybody would not be on board with that. Um, but it, it's. It's an idea worth exploring, I think, for this city, for, for, for the enormity of a place like Bourbon Street, which is worldwide known, then, then something needs to be done. In, in, somebody needs to represent the musicians because it's not, it's, it's, it's just so completely disorganized. And, and, and management is never, ever going to come to us and say, you guys deserve a raise. Never going to happen. They won't fix, you know, the simplest things. If they're not buying mic stands. They're not giving you guys a They're raise. not buying mic stands. They're not fixing speakers. They're not replacing drum heads. Nothing. They leave it up to us. Like, I, I, the, there'll be times, like, what we could take the initiative and say, because I've seen drummers do this, take the initiative and go buy a whole new set of drum heads, and then here's the receipt. And then you give it to the manager and you get reimbursed. Okay. Right. Expensive. You know, which is fine. But again, it, why is it on us to, to have to do all this? We're, we're already doing all this other work, learning songs, perfecting the show, blah, blah, blah. There's no reason I should have to bring my own friggin' mic clips to have a mic clip on the mic stand, the shitty mic stands that are there. <laughs> but anyway. I, that's that's some serious wisdom in there that that I'm going to kind of maybe explore a little bit more and see uh, see see what the opportunity is because right. uh, it's just uh, it's absurd I tell you absolutely it sounds like you said it'd be very you know be very interesting to see how that would pan out if you if you polled some people you know musicians all the musicians that you know. And started to get a, a feel for uh, who might be interested, you know. And the thing is, too, I have a, a way to do that on Facebook. I started a group a couple of years ago, a group called Bourbon Street Musicians, and I invited everybody I know that plays on Bourbon Street to that group. And there's a bunch. There's probably like 80 people in that group, so I could just go into that group, which would be seen by nobody else, only the people that are Bourbon Street Musicians, and say, "Hey." What do you guys think of this idea? I could I could do that. I could do it right now. Create a poll and say what would you think? Would you would you agree to to become right. part of a union? So yeah. I do I have I have the audience already. I have it. So I'm gonna do some a little more research before I, I pull that trigger, but um Yeah, good stuff. Cool. Yeah. true wisdom tonight. That was good. It's very good. Uh, all right, coverbandcentral.com, sign up for a free profile for you, your band or both. Uh, it is free and it's the place you want to be and post your events any gigs you have coming up we have an event calendar you can post it there on the website coverbandcentral.com send us your feedback to steve at coverbandcentral.com and we'll see you next week
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 